Hello and welcome to the hearth fire. May your troubles be less and your blessings be more and nothing but happiness comes through your door. I'm your host, Caitlin, or as I'm also known, the Ruta Druid. And this is Around the Earth Mother's Hearth, a podcast about modern shamanic living for healing yourself, your community, and our earth. Hello and welcome again. I'm so glad you decided to join me around Earth Mother's Hearth again this week. In this episode, I would like to share with you what resources are out there for shamanic training and what role divine play has in furthering your education with spirit. As always, I'll have the resources linked in the show notes for your exploration on this topic. There are many different ways a person can study shamanic practices. The type of education varies depending on the individual's intentions and motivations. Someone interested in walking the shamanic path for personal healing or healing within their home and the land around them would not necessarily need to move to South America to apprentice with an indigenous shaman. However, if spirit leads someone to be a shamanic leader within their community, they may want to explore more rigorous training with experienced teachers or shamans. The training method is really going to depend on the intention of the person seeking the information. And I can't speak for other programs or teachers that I don't have direct experience with. Um, but I did have um, some structured formal school setting training with... Um, oh goodness, it just left me for the Foundation of Shamanic Studies, or FSS. FSS was started in 1979 as the Center for Shamanic Studies, and I'm just going to read this directly from their website because they can say this better than me. They presented to the world training programs in shamanism and shamanic healing. These programs are based on the work of anthropologist Michael Harner, who brought shamanism to contemporary life in the West after extensive field and cross-cultural investigation, experimentation, and personal practice. He originated, researched, and developed core shamanism, a system designed for Westerners to apply shamanism and shamanic healing successfully to their daily lives. This system is based upon the underlying universal, near-universal, and common features of shamanism together with journeys to other worlds what they all have in common rather than upon cultural specific variations and elaborations Uh, so according to the fss since the west overwhelmingly lost its shamanic knowledge centuries ago um you know religious oppression and those things the foundation's programs in core shamanism and particularly intended for Westerners to reacquire access to their rightful spiritual heritage through workshops and training courses. So training in core shamanism included teaching students to alter their consciousness through classic shamanic non-drug techniques, such as sonic driving, um, especially in the form of like repetitive drumming so that they can discover their own hidden spiritual resources, transform their lives, and learn how to help others. 
Core shamanism does not focus on ceremonies such as those of Native American medicine men and women, persons who do both do both shamanism and ceremonial work. Ew, excuse me, my, my mouth was getting dry. Um, I really enjoyed the introduction to core shamanism because it allowed me to explore the foundations of shamanic practices without feeling like I was appropriating a cultural technique that I'm not a part of. Um, while I have always felt a kindred spirit to Native American teachings that I had personally studied in the past, um, but I'd never felt comfortable practicing their cultural practices, and that never felt in alignment with my soul. Core shamanism teaches teachings was able to give me the bare bones of shamanic practice that would have been you know it's it's worldwide these are the bare bones worldwide and let me build a spiritual practice that's in a relationship with spirit that's uniquely mine um i really really enjoyed that i i love the freedom of that there are other educational opportunities instead of distantly or in person with a shamanic practitioner, practitioner in just about every cultural variety. Um, my advice when looking for a teacher or a mentor is to just trust your gut and pick the mentor that aligns most with your soul. Um, I also, I do agree with fair energy exchange for your mentor's time. I want to speak caution to you. If you come across a member or a mentor or a teacher who is charging a ridiculous amount of money for their services, many shamanic practitioners I have met um, will charge for classes or healing, but that is to cover the costs and help pay the bills and, and that sort of thing. Um, it's my opinion that shamanic practitioners during the, doing the work for the benefit of the earth will not be doing this work to make millions. Um, but that is just my opinion, so please take that as you will. Um, so that's one way that you can study shamanic practices. That is how I started out, um, and that was the direction that I took. I'm very much a self-starter, self-learner, and I like to experiment on my own. Um, and core shamanism through FSS gave me the foundations for that. So I really do recommend any of their stuff if you're interested in uh, learning more about shamanic practices and shamanic work. I'm sorry, y'all. My allergies are acting up and my mouth is so dry. It's that time of the year. Um, the next way would be apprenticeship training. I personally have not met anyone who could uproot their lives to go live with indigenous people group to apprentice with their shaman. Um, I can't. Usually people already within the community have the best chance of this type of study. However, I have read from many shamanic practitioners about their experiences studying with indigenous tribes in Peru. Uh, if you come... To the shaman with a clean heart and a willingness to take up the work, they will guide you through the initiation process with the spirits. 
Another way would be self-exploration through books, websites, interviews, podcasts. Um, Self-exploration is my jam. It makes me incredibly happy. I love reading what others have written in their books and on their websites and listening to shared experiences via podcast. Um, It really gets me going. Shamanic practice is so unique to each person and there's not a one-size-fits-all. So it's good to read about different backgrounds and how others have engaged in this lifestyle. And that has been extremely helpful for me, um, picking and choosing what fits me and my practice. I follow a Celtic shamanic path because my ancestry is from parts of Europe, heavily influenced by the Celts. I've also begun exploring Norse mythology as a way to connect with my Germanic ancestors. I have found the best way to explore and understand is to read or listen to audiobooks about these topics. Some books are purely historical. Others interpret the the historical text and add their interpretation. And at the same time, some authors take what they know about the culture and write their book from a Holy Spirit-led perspective. However, if you choose to engage in self-exploration, it is up to you and your learning style, which is magical and beautiful and opens you up to divine play we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. Uh, There's also online certificate programs like Udemy. Other practitioners or students like me love using platforms like Udemy to share what they know online for many people to access. I have personally found many great courses on targeted shamanic practices, life coaching, and even meditation techniques. I don't necessarily recommend this learning modality if you want to learn about soul retrieval or spirit extractions, but this is a great online platform that can be helpful for other educational endeavors. All right, we've gotten to my favorite part, divine play. I love divine play. It makes me so happy and I'm excited to share this with you because it makes tapping into your intuition and learning to use your magical abilities so stinking easy. Um, So I'm excited to share this with you all because, again, it's so easy and it's such a great way to tap into um, that third eye intuition uh, ability to walk between time, all of that great stuff. It's amazing. Okay. Anyway, uh, Shakespeare put it, all of the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. God understood as the original consciousness continually transforms itself into the diversity of creation to understand itself from infinite angles. Divine play is a recurring theme in Hindu mythology. The creation of the world by self-sacrifice of God, where God becomes the world, which in the end becomes God, again. This creative activity of the divine is called the Leela, the play of God, and the world is seen as the stage of divine play. Now, this is a direct quote from, I'm going to butcher his name, and I'm so sorry, uh, Fritjof Capra, the Tao of Physics. When we engage in the, with the world as Leela, we become actors on the cosmic stage. Not only ancestors, um, and not only actors, 
but we also carry that spark of original consciousness, and this allows us to be actor and observer. Everything is a performance, and when we begin to see ourselves as actors, as they are detached from the ups and downs of their character, we start living in the present moment. So by engaging as a participant and observer in this play puts you in the present moment. Both joy and pain are teachers. And we begin to appreciate the new perspectives others manifest through our own experiences. Martin Buber said, play is the exultion of the possible. We tend to take life too seriously. Humans have taken creative energy and use it to create something that compensates for their imperfections. Without human intervention, however, creation happens naturally and effortlessly as a means or an expression of play. Any need or goal does not drive it. Creativity is like a child playing, expressing, and letting themselves go. Being both participant and observer in this life can offer you unique, spirit-led insights about yourself, the world around you, and the cosmos. All you have to do to access this information is allow yourself to play. My favorite way is to pretend that I am a Sims character in a reality I created. I will detach from my physical body and allow my creative soul to take charge. Often this form of play looks like me wandering around the farm in boxer briefs, muck boots, and a baggy t-shirt or a sweatshirt, and I'm usually talking to a plant or one of our many animals. This is the best way to start, in my opinion, because the natural world is inherently connected to the divine, and they really do have all of the best ideas. Um, this one time after a tough day, I was out in the garden and I conversed with my lavender when he reminded me that we could grow where we were planted, but we won't necessarily thrive because that's not the right environment for us. As such, we have two options, either stick it out and work hard to thrive in that poor environment. Or we can start creating an environment that's healthy and suitable for our needs. I had not been able to keep lavender alive in my herb garden before this year. And the insight I received from my now thriving plants brought me a new perspective on life. We have to be able to adapt and create the environment we want to thrive in. Stepping outside my character's body and allowing my soul to connect with original creative consciousness helps me see the bigger picture of what my character is going through. I like to describe this as watching a movie or reading a book where you, as the reader, know more about the story than the main character currently does. And because we know... We want to yell and scream at the main character to change their route on the way home or encourage them to clean because then they will find the missing object they need. Only when we step out of our physical body and into our creative soul 
Can we change things around our main character to help them adapt or deal with the conflicts that will inevitably come their way? Tapping into original creative consciousness is a shamanic practice we can all do because we are all part of that creative spark. We are all part of the source of energy we call God. When we see ourselves as the actor and the observer, we see different perspectives, can try different roles, and craft various solutions to a problem in our character's life. And thus, engaging with a divine play can be an effective tool for learning the shamanic path. All right. So those are a few ways that you can learn um, how to engage in shamanic practice, how to learn more uh, about this practice and, and, and all of that jazz. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up for the night because I have a very unhappy husky staring at me and I think it might be time to go potty. I do want to challenge you this week to try out that divine play. Uh, Try that stepping out of your body and, you know, playing with, with things outside and bringing that childlike behavior back in um, and just see what manifests for you over the next coming weeks. Maybe do it from, this is the full moon now, maybe do it for a moon cycle. So if you're, you know, listening now, listen, um, do it until the new moon. But if you listen later, like on a waxing moon, do it until the next moon. Um, But just, just try that and see what happens. Let me know. I'd love to know how, what happened with you. Uh, how this experiment went for you. So please let me know. Like, send me a voice message. Message me on social media, um, which I guess is a good plug for. I do have a Facebook at The Rooted Druid, Instagram account, The Rooted Druid, and a TikTok, The Rooted Druid, which I'm really bad about being on. Um, and then I also, my Gmail is therootedruid at gmail.com. Pretty standard um, across the board for all of those things. So if you want to get in touch, you can find me at either one of those. Um, all right, well, I, I, I gotta go, um, (laughs) have a wonderful, whatever it is that you're doing, um, and I'm, thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast, so I'll talk to y'all later, bye.